yak babies, sex, presidents, and sometimes books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Sewer Bites. Guess what's crunchy? My name's Aaron, here my personal pal is Brick. Good morning. That's not morning. Dave? Morning, boys. No, thank you. And then we have New American Nico. Good morning, God boys. Damn it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, fine. We're discussing, back to our sort of uh, favorite reads kind of category breakdown topic here. We discussed earlier the various centuries, our literary fiction picks from 19th, 20th, and 21st centuries. Now we're on to short story collections. This is a, a fertile ground, I think, um, and one that's uh, particularly favorite. I love short stories. Short fiction is a uh, you know kind of where I sort of feel like I, a lot of my favorite reads live, and so I'm curious to hear what my personal pals find as their favorite short story. A ghost oh, again. It's a ghost. Seen fart this time. Yeah, but just wait. <laughs> that was you collections of all time we're no longer beholden to the century so we have we can go across time if we, right. if we dave i think i know yours so i want to i want you to go first yeah i mean it's there there are some others that would you know it's not like a slam dunk decision but yeah. um it's close enough to it it's obviously Stuart dibbick's close to chicago yeah for sure <laughs> that we've talked about so many times and we'll continue to i mean it's going to keep coming up yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that book so much. You know, I might even put a couple other Dybbuk collections in my mm. top 10 for sure, if not in my top five, but Coast Chicago for me. Yeah. Uh, just, All day. just to one more time, just recap, give me a, a brief capsule of why. Just every story, nearly every story. Okay. There are a couple of sets. And like we talked earlier, it's like, it's hard to find a story collection where there aren't a couple of misses. Yeah. Uh, right. A couple of stories that don't exactly hit the mark. Um, and that's that's the case even here. But the rest of them, they just tickle everything in me that, you know, everything that I'm looking for in, in stories. You know, the good writing and the good characters and plots, obviously, but also like, you know, they, they just kind of, they hit me on a sentimental level, but without like, without that being the point of it. Is that that word sentimental is the key, I think, here, because it's such a tricky line to toe, I think. Any deviation or, or, or less gifted author would make it a bit too cloying, a bit too precious. Yeah. And those stories never are, but they are packed with emotion and feeling and, and sort of nostalgia. But in really, I think, effective and positive. This, of course, was my choice, too. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, Dave and I have a special relationship with this book, and there's no way getting around this. I was in Chicago recently for a conference and thinking about Dybbuk when I was there. And I was like, yeah, it's just like, it just, everything about those stories feels real. Even though I've never lived in Chicago and never had that childhood, right? Like nothing about those experiences matched my experiences as a kid, but I feel every bit of it for sure. Yeah. I think in the original episode, I said something like, uh, makes me nostalgic for a childhood I yes. didn't even have. Yeah. Did you, when you were there, did you think of going to this neighborhood and- I did. I didn't go to one of the ones he mentioned, but I went to a, like a. I sort of took the train to like an outlying area, whatever. Like not like not too far to see, but a little bit further to the school bookstore. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was really great. And definitely felt as I was on the train, looking outside, seeing like the the buildings pass and how close those apartments are to the train. Yeah, you were and thinking of yeah, yeah, the independent yeah, absolutely yes for sure yeah, a great collection, a really just like a, like a special collection for sure. Yeah, that was mine. 
I wrestled with it. I mentioned this in a previous episode between this and the Martian Chronicles. I don't know. It depends on how you want to define things. Martian Chronicles is certainly a loose stories collection. It's not exactly a novel. It's definitely not a novel. It's not also a short story collection. It's kind of between those areas. But another book that I really love and have revisited. Uh, one of the rare books I revisit pretty consistently. I teach it too. When I teach creative writing, every once in a while I teach uh, the Ela story uh, every year because it's such a good, I think, a perfect short story. Basically, So yeah, but Ghost Chicago wins out for sure. It's just that nostalgia bit just wins out over everything. For sure. Rick, what about you? Short stories. I picked a couple. So I, my favorite short story collection, uh, which we read in our early days at Yak Babies, we did the story club. Yeah. We read stories. We uh, read a Stephen Milhouse story called The Visit. Yeah. About this dude that goes to visit his friend and his friend has married a giant frog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the collection that's from is called uh, The Knife Thrower and Other Stories. Mm. I really like that collection. He writes weird. Like all of his things are sort of realistic, but then something weird's going on. Yeah. Most of his Pretty stories. Magical. Almost magical realism, but a little different. Uh, a lot of his stories, not all of his stories push as far into the supernatural or not realistic as that story. Usually there's it's more like... Uh, the twist is a little different um, and less kind of physical. He's got a cool aesthetic. Uh, so a lot of his stuff takes place in like late 19th century, early 20th century, like pre-World War One. kind of mm-hmm. the world's expanding and there's lots of wonder and science and, and, and all these things, um, which is kind of an aesthetic, aesthetic I'm drawn to. Yeah. And then I also Cosmic Comics is a book that I love. Uh, and I've read many, many times, and pretty much none of the stories in there, uh, Atala Cavino, uh, yeah. none of the stories in there get old for me. Yeah. I really like the one where the two planets are talking to each other with signs. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, Calvino, there's, I mean, you can almost pick your, take your pick of various sorcery collections. Yeah. He's usually, that's his main thing. Um, if I were as a traveler, uh, was it uh, different cities or? No, uh. Was it? Uh, I can't remember now. But you know, something, about. yeah, something cities. Yeah, um, they're all great. Uh, but I think you're right. Cosmic Comics is the is the best one of those all for sure. That was a runner for me too because I, I just love the collection. I'm just looking up the name of that book. It's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah, Invisible City. Yes, that's right. Yeah, for sure. Good. I wonder if you'd also would have picked Coover too, Robert Coover. I thought about it because yeah. some of his stories I really like, and I I dig his um, neither movies. Yeah, uh, I just I dig the way he sees <laughs> sees things, but I haven't read enough of him to. Mm. I do really like Night at the Movies. Yeah, I haven't read much much else of him besides like things like I don't know if I've read a whole other books of his. No, I know uh, Prick Songs and yeah, Discans. Discans. Yeah, I've yeah. got that one, and uh, those are good too. So this baseball dice book is novel is what is weird what's awesome it called too. yeah it's super it long and i won't remember it it's character's name and like baseball association and yeah uh, oh, i'll right. look it up yeah while we... yeah i, I yeah that's a that, that might help me get into a <laughs> i like i like his fucked up perspective of everything so yeah that sort of cuba storytelling style i think about a yeah. lot there's a story from pricksing prick songs and the scans about a babysitter i can't remember the name of the story necessarily but it's about like a couple who gets a babysitter to go on a date night and like there's like nine different stories happening at once mm-hmm. it's like kind of like i mean to put it in modern parlance like a multiverse story because you see different possibilities happening at the same time 
but I loved it because it's just exploring the possibilities of what a short story could be. Yeah. And like, what if you saw this story from different perspectives at the same time? It's cool. Maybe picking up some short story books will get me reading more regularly again. Maybe yeah. I'll start with ones I know I like. I'll go there. Yeah, that's uh, um, before it goes dark. So that book is called The Universal Baseball Association yeah. Incorporated J. Henry Waugh Proprietor. There you <laughs> go. Full title. I remember a time, I think I was in Austin at the time where I was having trouble reading, like getting into any kind of book. And so just like off the shelf, I pulled about a dozen story collections. I think I talked about it in an episode way back then, too. But that really helped me get back into reading because I would just like go, I would read a story from a book and then move on to the next book and like continue that sequence. And if I really liked, I remember Amy Bender was one of them at the time. Mm. And, you know, I was really digging the one I read. So I read a couple more before moving on to the next book. Uh, and eventually I, I read through all 12 story collections. So it was just like a good way to to get like variety, but also get back into the habit of of reading without having to commit to something, you know, full length. Yeah, I saw recently Andre Dubu the third edited a short Jesus story collection. You see, the, you see the see the price? Oh, <laughs> this Coover book on Amazon is a thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! It's because it's out of print. It's just this Andre Dubu the third short story collection. I'm trying to find the title of it now. It's new, and it's a you know like an anthology of like you know American short stories. Nothing new, but it sounded good, and I wanted to pick it up because dibbick was in it the idea behind it i'm not gonna be able to find this down god damn it the premise is he asked noted american writers and short stories specifically to sort of like pick their two of their favorite short stories american short stories and, and talk about why they like them and then produce stories too so it's a story anthology with commentary from writers which sounds like it's a reader basically which is fine and nothing that i would pick up necessarily but because Dibbick was included and also picked stories too. I was like, we well, got to see what Dibbick said about these yeah. stories and also what stories, what people said about his stories too. So when I get it, I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in. Do you know the stories that he picked or the ones that he... I don't. Because I can't track it down. I haven't been able to find it at a bookstore oh, okay. yet, but I'll, I will find it and I'll report back what I find. I mean, I imagine someone picked Pet Milk probably, right? It's got to be. But yeah, it's just like having a good story collection to read like that. It's always... Yeah. I, you know, primers like that can be tricky but there is something valuable about having like a collection of like just like these are the classic short stories and like they're good to be able to turn to. Nico, what about you? I my I guess problem with with this thing was that like I have a lot of short story writers that I like short stories of, but mm-hmm. I don't think of a lot of short stories collections or a lo- lot of collections. Yeah. yeah. So like George Saunders. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Amy Hempel mm-hmm. comes to mind. Like I guess she has a book that's just all of her short stories, but that seems like cheating. And like, and then I remember, you know, I have kind of a handful of memories of stories like Lost in the Fun House that I don't, I don't think I even read the rest of the collection, but I remember <laughs> Lost in the Fun House. Yeah. So then the first one that I would say for a, for a full collection is The Universe in Miniature and Miniature, hmm. which was by Patrick Somerville hmm. back when we were doing Chamber Four, mm-hmm. who's now just doing TV. So we've lost, we've lost oh, really? him as a writer. What yeah. uh, what shows? Station Eleven, wow. Leftovers. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm sure he makes way more money, on. but it's it's a yeah, shame. Sure. Yeah, because he's uh he's also funny, like Amy Hempel and George Saunders, kind of a, a theme going. I like funny short stories. Yeah, that adds a lot. And then the other one was The Imperfectionist by Tom Rockman, which mm. is basically a novel. It's like linked short stories. Yeah, 
and it's about I think a international newspaper in Rome, and then mm. kind of these different people that work there. Yeah, thought that was great. That's cool. And that's about it. Thanks. I wonder if there's an episode about fiction writers who predominantly write and are predominantly known for short stories, and like yeah. how we look at them versus people who are seen as novelists. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious about that for sure. Yeah. I mean, like thinking of off the top of head, like Dybbuk would be one, but also like John Cheever uh, would be one that like we know him primarily as a short story. He wrote novels too, but mostly we know his short yeah. stories, right? Laurie Moore. Laurie Moore, definitely. Nico said Hempel. I think she probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of about Laurie Moore. Saunders, we yeah. kind of talked about. Saunders, absolutely. Like, yeah. Aside from Bardo. Probably get Ambedia on stories. the podcast. What's that? Probably get Ambedia on the podcast. I have a collection of Ambedia short stories that have been like meaning to read on my shelf. I'm going to eventually just discuss in the podcast and assuage my guilt about <laughs> Ambedia. Mm. I wonder, too, like how that affects their careers. Because it seems mm-hmm. like yeah. being a short story writer... For one thing, you can publish all of your short stories, and then you can publish the book. And right. That's, that's you well, can kind of develop a little, maybe. But can you? Ever, I mean, if like, you're big, big, Saunders kind of did. Yeah, Saunders definitely hits big. He has like three short stories a year in the New Yorker. Like, I'm sure. Yes. That's yeah. more than most writers make off writing alone, let alone selling books. Well, and how did Saunders do that? So, I, like, I mean, definitely distinctive voice, obviously. Uh, humor helps certainly. Yeah. But I can't think of anyone else. He's the most contemporary short story right. like practitioner that I can think of. Yeah, the most famous, for sure. Sure. Like, how many of them make a living out of it? Right. Yeah, I mean, think of As the... As the novelist. The cat person. I can't remember even the author's name now, unfortunately. She had a collection that was sort of, like, panned, largely. It was, like, that one story was, like, kind of a hubbub, but, like, no one else really cared about other stories, too. Huh. Made a movie of it that people also were oh, shrugged at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it called? Cat person. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else who does short stories that is that notable. Yeah. In, in terms like of like household. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Gateskill had some moments. They made a few. They made at least a movie out of Secretary, uh, Secretary if not. What yeah. was the other big one from that collection? Uh, Feels like there was a movie there. Maybe so. I can't remember now. I'll come back to it. Kristen Rupinian is cat person. Right. Yes, right, right. Any other also rans or, or runners up in your lists? Yeah, I had a few. I had A.M. Holmes' uh, The Safety of Objects, sure. which yeah. I really like. Before the End, After the Beginning by Dagoberto Gilb. Hmm. I also like a lot of Kevin Barry short stories, yeah. obviously. Um, I'm a Barry, Barry stan, <laughs> as you guys know. And he, interesting, thinking about the Dybbuk, he, Barry writes a lot about, um, in nonfiction, like about his own writing, uh, about how he tries to avoid... And sort of dislikes the sentimentality that finds its way into his stories. Yeah. Even though that's kind of what draws me to them on a like similar level uh, yeah. to the Dybbuk. Brick, and you go any runners up? No, I think Hoover would be a good one yeah. for me. I mean, I I really like some of Vonnegut's short stories, and I really like some of Stephen King's. Um, but neither of them have like a collection. That... Welcome to the Monkey House, I think, is the, the big Vonnegut collection for short stories, and it's great. Well, my Gombo Snuffbox is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Welcome to the Monkey House is better. Yeah. Yeah, so those, and then there's a bunch of Stephen King ones, like I said. I like Carver. Yeah. It's funny, though. Quite a bit. I don't ever I, go back to those stories. I don't know that I... I, I went back to Cathedral like maybe a couple of years ago, because mm. I was going to do an episode about editors, so we talk about mm. that, and then right. um, what we talk about, we talk about a lot. So I reread a couple of those, and I still like them. But I yeah. haven't gone through the whole collections and, and gone back. And then I don't, 
there's there's some sentiment out sentimentality there too but sure yeah i don't know also, I, I prefer weird stories yeah yeah for sure which is you know the vonnegut's and the calvino certainly is in that yeah. weird category carver i think i don't know if this is uh oh, just like sorry to cut you off but you oh yeah read a lot of great Bartleby, choice yeah, uh, was great. Not a lot. I, I read a lot. I read a big collection of him and, and bored just around the sets. same time. Uh, three Bartolomeus. There's three, three brothers who publish. I think maybe even. Oh, Bartleby then I don't. Published, even, but I don't even know that. Yeah. I have a huge book of I think Donald Bartolomeus. Yeah, I didn't know there was. The biggest. Yeah, and I liked those when I read them. Yeah. That's probably when I remember Emerson when I read those, but yeah, I haven't really read anything else. And I don't. That was a huge book. They're short. They're usually like yeah. Two they're all yeah. And so I have another a big book of um. They're all weird too. They're similar. It's a Russian guy. Gogol. No, I did read a book a, a novel by Gogol once that I liked, but hmm. no, I don't know. I can't remember the name. It's not worth talking about. So. Right. No, not really. It's it for my rumors up. Yeah. Frederick and Stephen Bartlemy also publish mm. fiction. Huh. Right. Enough to have Wikipedia pages. Not right. That, that means much, but. Dave, any runners up for you that you mentioned? Just the ones I already did. Oh, right. Yeah, Ian Holmes. And... Yeah, right. Yeah, same. Same. Just the ones I mentioned. Well, then we did mention that I wanted to discuss, we were talking about 20th century literary fiction books was Dubliners, which is, I think, the only canonical short story collection, probably, right? It's the only one I think really has made the canon uh, in a substantial way. I can't think of any other collections that really, as a collection, there are certainly different specific stories have, yes. But a collection specifically that has entered the canon, I think Dubliners is the only one, really, right? Can't think of any others. Things they carried? That's, yeah, you're right. That There you go. Yeah. But even then, it's mostly the story, the thing they, they carried. Yeah, but people read that, that book that, that as a whole book. book. Yeah. They don't read just the one story, usually. It's anthologized widely, obviously. But Dubliners is like a, just an amazing collection, for sure. Yeah, I love and that book. For people who are allergic to Joyce, that's the one that's really accessible. It's Joyce and his, maybe his most accessible book, probably. Yeah. And just, just amazing, you know, incredible stories. For sure. Yeah, I yeah. love that book. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Lindsay Carey, that's a great one for sure. I had I totally forgot about that, but that's a I great I love collection. that book too, yeah. 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 I have to mention Bartleby. It's not a collection, it's just a single story. I don't think that Melville published a collection necessarily. But God, what a short story. Maybe the Apex short story for me. It's just an incredible <laughs> piece of, of literature for sure. Are there others I'm leaving out? Probably there must be, but I can't think of them now. Ambrose Bierce is a great short sorcery writer for sure. Worth checking out if you're into the Twilight Zone. It does good stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it, there's, Updike has great short stories. There's not a single <laughs> collection, but man, there's tons. I could like them forever. There's more, obviously. Hawthorne. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some of which I think he released as a collection. Yes, there is a collection. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, it's not like, God, I want to say it's like just so stories, but that could be wrong. That's something else, I think. Anyway, I know what you're talking about, though. Yes, listeners, fill in the gaps. Tell us what we're missing here by contacting us at, by email at yakpeviouspodcast at gmail.com with those thoughts and ideas. Tell us your sorcerer collections that you love and treasure. If you can't find us there or don't want to, find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash yakpeviouspodcast, where you have access to our bonus podcast. You can find all our episodes there, both the mainstream episodes and also the secret episodes that are cost you a dollar a month to get access to. Because they're like, uh, you know, Secret. There's like blackmail material there, so we're charging you a fee to make sure you don't, uh, you're not a nefarious person to have access to our sort of secret stories about you know colonoscopies and that kind of stuff. There's a new episode or upcoming series about pickle jokes, where we broke down 113 pickle jokes and ranked them in order of good and bad. And it, man, 
it goes places for sure. We really covered some territory there. So check that out. And all kinds of fun there happening. I, I can't tell you I think it's happening because there's so much going on there. It's worth a dollar for sure. I can tell you that much. Absolutely. And of course, we have our merch store, tidyurl.com slash jackbabies. We have our posters, t-shirts, designs by Brick. They're all really funny and we're checking out there. They're good inside jokes to impress your friends who are not as cool and not listening to Yak Babies. And they'll be won over and become like the Yak Babies listeners by your promotion of these shirts and so forth. Until then, Yak Babies yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael. Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Oh.